the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer. Our goal is to teach God's Word in a way that compels you to live a life that overflows and blesses others. Today, we're going to dive into a classic message that we believe will strengthen and equip you. Let's join Bishop Greer as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast. The Bible calls it, it says, in the evil day. I like to call it hell week. That's when hell throws at you everything it can. Your boys are fighting in the car on the way to church. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> then you get into church, everything ain't right. On top of that, I mean, I go on. But David, is faith here. Don't, don't worry about, no, we, we got this. Thing. That's when God's faith kicks in. The weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but mighty through God. And in the midst of crisis, God can give you faith that you could be like Daniel and sleep, even though a lion is breathing on you. You could be like Moses in the front of, of, of the Red Sea. Lift up your staff and with great calm, say part. Are you hearing me? And the waters do just that. You could be like Jesus in a boat. The storm is raging. These great fishermen who ought to know better and know the seas, they're shaking in the boots. But you stand up and say, peace, be still. That's the value of genuine faith. But we're going to find here, faith is also contagious. And as this man began to operate in the genuine faith of God, but by the end of this thing, the whole army is strengthened and they begin to advance against the Philistines. Verse 33, Saul replied, he said, young man, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're a baby. And he was a warrior from his youth. You're not going to be able to be a successful leader if you're too touchy. You have to be able to deal with objections, particularly honest ones. Saul's asking an honest question. Listen, Goliath has been a champion. You're 16 years old. Goliath's been the heavyweight champion for 16 years. I mean, come on, come on, guy. You've never fought a battle like this. You're not ready for it. But, but we need to watch David's response. He doesn't get an attitude with Saul. Well, how come you don't believe in me? What's wrong with you? Where is he? No, 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 no. He answers him respectfully. And he deals with the situation. Don't be so touchy. Everyone's not always going to get you. Get over it. Are you hearing me? But David said to Saul, here's his response. Didn't get an attitude. He simply gave an answer for the hope that was within him. That's what 1 Peter 3 and 15, he says this. I'm going to go and start a new kingdom. No. I'm going to go and start a new church. No. Your servant. Servant leadership. He answered respectfully and humbly. Your Servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. 
I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. Listen, king, when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and what? Bear, Mr. King, I'm not just bringing attitude. I have a resume. I have a history. Are you hearing me? An attitude will get you some places, but it will only get you so far. At some point, you need a track record. And what the Lord did for me there, he will do for me here. I'll speak things that are not as though they were. Are you hearing me? This was the approach of David. Our small successes are really building blocks for our ultimate calling. So we need to go over, you know, where the Lord's brought us from and the things he's done and build ourselves up on our faith, not just focusing on the places where, you know, things didn't go right. But David said, you know what, there were some issues and some times where things didn't go just as planned, but, but I remember the lion and the bear. And Mr. King, I, I, I have a track record of success here. He says, this uncircumcised Philistine, what God's done in the past, he will do now, will be like one of them, speaking of the lion and the bear. Because I think I'm bad, no, because he has not just defied you and I. He's defied the armies of the living God. Everyone else saw a, a giant defying an army. But David had the discernment to see that Goliath was really picking a fight with the almighty God. He said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion. Do you see his faith? But watch David. What is he doing? He's encouraging himself in the Lord. Remember when he was at Ziklag and all the men were speaking of stoning him. I mean, they had captured the wives, the women, and all their supplies. And all they were doing was, was doing the Lord's work and, and fighting God's battle. So they thought, and they came back, and everything in their houses was gone and destroyed. And the, the men got angry, and they got mad at their leader, and they were going to kill him. But, but David, the Bible said he encouraged himself in the Lord. What did he do? He started reminiscing. Listen, you remember, God, what you did with the lion and the bear? I remember what you did with Goliath. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he began to stir himself. And as he stirred himself, his faith arose. And before long, he, ca- he called for the ephod. And, and then he, he inquired of the Lord, the Bible said. And he said, God, shall we pursue and conquer? And the ephod said, yes. And he said, man, we will charge. We will go ahead and we will take back everything that has been stolen. But listen, it wouldn't have happened unless David encouraged himself in the Lord. There's no one on David's team at this point. He's a 16-year-old boy. No one believes in him. No one even knows of him, but he believes in the God in him. And because of that, this narrative is in our book. He said, the Lord who rescued me snatched me out of drugs, snatched me out of crazy lifestyles, snatched me out of materialism, snatched me out of uh, 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 all types of isms. I go on. But that God who dealt with the anger in my heart, the rage in my heart. That, that God who, who, who brought peace and calm in the midst of Christ, that God will rescue me likewise from the hand of this Philistine. What he's done before, he will do again. Saul recognized the hand of God, but also Saul's a little trickster. Saul very well, you know, he's about to have David try his armor on. His motivation may have been, you know, if David wears my armor and they kill David, they think they kill me, and then I could go run and hide, and I won't have to deal with anyone looking for me. But in verse 38, Scripture says, Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. 
And David is a servant leader. He's trying to be obedient here. And he kind of goes on. He goes with this. And he fastens on his sword over his tunic. And, and he tried. He, he gave it a good shot. He's like, you know, king, I want to honor you. I'll give this a try. You know, I'll take it for, for the team here. And he tried walking around. But implied in the, in the text here, he really couldn't. And he wasn't doing a good job at it because he wasn't used to it or he wasn't trained in that way or for that type of equipment yet. So he speaks up. He tries, though. He says, Mr. King, I'm not trying to be rebellious. I'm not trying to be stubborn. But, uh, sir, I can't go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not I'm not used to them. Dude, this may have worked for you, but 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 it will not necessarily work for me. So he took them off and, and he's saying, King, I love you, but I got to do me. You do you. I'll do me. And, and, and King, listen, I don't have a history with this. I don't have a track record with this. I know that, you know, uh, uh, you know, conventional wisdom says this type of dress will do better. But my history with God is a little bit different. And everybody does things a little bit differently. And you need to be OK with that. Amen. So David returns to his pastoral office. He's a shepherd. He said, you know what? I'm not ready to be king yet. And he wasn't. He took his staff in his hand. Again, I'm not going to try to be a king. I'm going to continue to be a pastor. And I'm going to use the implements that the Lord's given me. And I will use the things the Lord's proven in my life and advance. And he goes to the brook and he chooses five smooth stones from the stream. Five is Theologians call it the number of grace, and grace is really what caused him to win here. And these stones were not little rocks. They were stones the size of, of a man's fist. And he put them in, in a pouch of a shepherd's bag. Now here you have, uh, again, a contrast. Great warriors scared to fight Goliath. No one volunteered to fight Goliath. But here you have this little shepherd boy. He doesn't even have warrior's clothing or uniform. He hasn't been trained in warfare. But the thing he's trained in, he is good at. God has made him an expert at what he does. You have to learn to stay in your lane, do what you do, and do that. Well, he put it into his his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand, all his sling is is, uh, simply a pocket of leather with two strings attached to it. And he took his sling, and he began to swing it over his head. Watch David as he approached the Philistine. If I was a few years younger, I would say David had swag. (laughs) All these trained warriors are shaking. But here, this little shepherd boy is not just forced to fight. He approaches the giants. David walked with a lean. You hear what I'm saying? (laughs) And you need to get to know God well enough that spiritually, when the devil sees you come and you walk just like Jesus, and there was a lean to his walk. I know you don't see that in the scripture. (laughs) But as far as I'm concerned, Jesus had a, a lean. And that edge, I've learned to pick up. I pray my children pick up. Are you hearing it's not the size of the 
dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. So David, he has a little little something going on in his heart. And he begins to approach a man almost twice his size. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer, he's facing two people, one David. They kept coming closer to David. Again, that song, trouble in my way. You got to cry sometimes. Trouble in my way. You've got to cry sometimes. But, but the end of this is, I know that Jesus will fix it. I know that Jesus will fix it. See, David knew my Jesus will fix it. I know my Jesus will fix it. In the midst of it, walking toward Goliath, I know my Jesus will fix it. You hear me? The trouble comes your way. Even if they're tears in your face, don't worry about that. Keep your lean. I know my Jesus will fix it. I know my Jesus will fix it. I know my Jesus will fix it. You know what I'm saying? I know my Jesus will fix it. I know my Jesus will fix it. I'm stuck there. I know my Jesus will fix it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give God a hand clap. Hallelujah. 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 42. He looked David over and he saw that he was little more than a boy glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. Goliath, as a warrior, could get no glory from killing a child. So he balks at this. He says to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? I'll break you like an ice cream pop, is really what he's saying there. But then the Philistine makes a mistake. The Philistine curses David by his gods. He made the mistake of getting spiritual. Now the contest is clearly not between two men, but a demon and God. Are you hearing me? So now everyone is saying that the battle is is deep here. Come here, the Philistine says, and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Now the the, the Goliath is frothing. He's beginning to prophesy for his demons. David said... He began to quake. He got afraid and ran. No, he spoke back to the devil. The devil trying to sow? The devil saying so? What does the word of God say? Jesus was confronted with the devil in the wilderness. And the devil actually started talking to him, conversing with him. And what did Jesus do? Oh, the devil's talking to the devil. Mr. John, would you help me? Oh, Prophet John, would you? No, no. He spoke back to him, and he said what the word said. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, Mr. Devil, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And eventually he said, get that behind me, Satan. I had enough of this. Are you hearing me? Yeah, it is a devil, but there's a God. He said, you come against me. This is David speaking. 
with sword and spirit. I, I, I'll admit from a human point of view, I, I don't have a, tra- a, a, a chance here. But I come against you, not in my own strength, Goliath, but in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies. It's not the armies of Israel. It's the God of the armies of Israel. It's not Grace Church. It's the God of Grace Church. Are you hearing me? He said, this day he spoke back, not tomorrow, today. The Lord will deliver you. And this is a guy that's crying, Jesus, will fix his slant and, and, and all that. But he still kept the word of God in his mouth. He kept advancing and moving forward. His fear didn't stop him. Really, courage is what we do when we feel afraid. Yeah. He kept walking. He said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your what? Head. David's faith reaches a boiling point in the midst of crisis. It's one thing to get excited on Sunday where everyone in the room is rejoicing with you. But when you're dealing with your giant, when you're dealing with someone with a literal sword in their hand, who's twice your size coming at you in real life. And when your faith can, 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 can rise up to the occasion. In 2 Timothy 1 and 6, Timothy had a problem. Sometimes he got intimidated. We've talked about that in the past. And I'm encouraged by Timothy's life. Paul said this, don't run from them. Instead, fan into a flame the gift of God. So while Dave was running, he was crying maybe a little bit. And I know I'm a little bit of license here. And, and maybe, you know, a, a few times he, he, he might have stumbled, but he got up. He, he kept swinging. But, but all the way he was saying, in the name of Jesus, you hear me? I know Jesus, you know, not yet. But, but still, if he was one of us, in the name of Jesus, I will feed your head to the buzzards of the air. He was encouraging himself. You're going to be like the lion and the bear. He began to fan into a flame the fire that was him. Dave was on fire as he ran toward this Goliath. And what do you do in crisis? You don't turn from, from, from the heat. You, you just turn yourself up. Are you hearing me? And, and you just, fan, Lord, you could, if you've ever done anything, Lord, you could do this. Thing. This is the way David dealt with his Goliath. It's one thing, again, to get excited today. But what about when no one else is there but you and your giants? Can you fan into a flame the gift of God? Will you put the word of God into your mouth until you're excited, until you believe, until you know, until you keep running and you don't turn back? This is what happened. With young David. David, again, he's, he's fanning. This very day, I will give the carcasses of this Philistine army to the birds and wild animals. And listen to his heart. And the whole world will know what's motivating David. Not his next level, but God and God's glory and his honor. And the whole world will know that there is a God In Israel, David wouldn't stop till the whole world knew. He knew as he ran toward Goliath, it wasn't about him as much as a battle between the devil and God. And there's no way the devil has a shot against the living God. Verse 47, all those gathered here, he repeats it again, will know. I want everyone to know that there is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is whose? The Lord's. And he will, he will give all of you into our hands. Again, till the whole world knows, to all gathered here knows. David was interested in God's glory and not his own. May you stop living for yourself. May your life and living 
be about a higher purpose than that. Lord, bring glory through me somehow, in some way. May people respect you more because of the life I lived in the earth. When your motivation shifts like that, you, you, people get saved. I mean, they, like fly, it just happens. Because, they, because you're living the life and your motivations are right, you're seeking first the kingdom and all those other things will be added. 48, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly. He went from crying and maybe spinning. This thing, he ran. And you got to get your faith to the place you know that you know, that you're all in. You hear me? That if, if, if you were playing poker, you put everything, I know that's not a great example here, but, but you put everything, in, I'm all in. I'm putting everything on this hand. Here's my deed to my house and my car. Please, no one in this room do such a thing. Okay? But David was all in. And he ran at Goliath with complete abandon. He ran quickly toward the battle line to dance. No, to meet him. David didn't run from trouble. He ran towards trouble. The Bible said Jesus set his face like flint. He told his disciples, when I go to Jerusalem, they're going to kill me. But he set his face like flint, said he go. The disciples, they said, if you preach any more in this name, we're going to get you. They locked him up in jail the first time. Then, 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 then they get out, and then they start preaching. And then the next time, they beat him. They beat them. But what they keep, they don't kill me. I'm running toward the battle. I will continue to preach this gospel. Another place the disciples said to Saul, listen, don't go to Jerusalem because, you know, trouble and affliction stands in your way. And they bound him up and the prophet told him, you know, uh, the man that I bind these hands, this is what the the Jews in Israel are going to do to you. And after that point, he was incarcerated for for, for, for many years, in and out of jail, if you will. Um, But 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 David said, don't break my heart. I'm ready to, 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 to face lions, tigers, and bears. You know, I'm ready to face anything for the name. So he went to Jerusalem not talking about, well, I'm going to lose this, I'm going to lose. No, no, it was for the name. It was for the glory of God. And when you, when you, you step to that level, that all you do is for his glory. I mean, prayers that used to didn't get answered, get answered. A whole man, things you used to ask for, actually, you stop asking for it because it doesn't even matter anymore. And then God often just gives it to you at that point. But, 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 but hear me, this was all about the glory of the king. And, and with, with complete abandonment, David runs toward his, his giant, reaching into his bag. He couldn't grab a spear because that wasn't his bag. We all have our own bag, a thing we do, a place of anointing. One place of anointing for Ephraim, it's, it's on the, the piano singing, writing songs. That's not my place. Uh, you know, another place, someone else, it's, it's when you lift hands and worship, you just go to that place. Another, as you hear the, the word of God, it just takes you to that place. And we all have different bags to reach into. David reached into his bag and taking out a stone, not just, you know, imagining and, and hoping. He literally took out a stone. He physically, done what need, he physically did what needed to be done. The Bible said he slung it. And the force of God got behind that stone and directed it just to the right place. The, the only really, one of the few places of weaknesses on, on all of uh, 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 Goliath's body. I mean, uh, he, he does have on a helmet. So the odds are it either hit him right underneath the helmet, right up in there somewhere, 
or it hit his helmet so hard that uh, it, it knocked him out. But, but David, he took what he had and he used what he had and he threw it into the battle and it struck the Philistine in, in, in the only place a rock really could work. Hit him on the ankles like, so what? But the only place hit him in even the chest that wouldn't, you know, you've been hitting the chest, even though you have armors, it's not going to stop you. But the only place that it could have had impact, God knows how to use what he has operating in your life and leverage it to the greatest end. So don't fret if someone has it. They have a sword and man, they do it this way. Uh, This one has a spear. They do it that way. Use what God has given you and you will succeed in your battles in life. This has been a classic edition of the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Our prayer is that this teaching from God's Word strengthens and inspires you to live a life bigger than yourself. So remember, you can access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. And we also invite you to join the Grace Church family for service online by connecting on our website or on YouTube at Grace Church VA TV. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes to live big. You've probably heard the saying, fail to plan, plan to fail. You know, planning is very important, but the first step in a good plan always includes God. Proverbs 16 and 3 encourages us to commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Here we find God's formula for success. Plans plus God plus action equals success. So if you want your plans to be successful, make sure you include God in your planning. Some of us do not plan and we think that we're living by faith, but really we're living by presumption because it takes faith to plan your future. Proverbs 16 and 9 says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So we must be intentional about planning, but also remain flexible enough to allow the Lord to direct or redirect our steps. Just as you can't steer a parked car, God will not direct our steps until we start moving out on a plan. So plan your work and work your plan and let God do the rest. For more, go to gracechurchva.org and as always, live big.